talk to the hand. Oh, what's in the box? This conversation can serve no purpose anymore. But... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Explosive Hammer, highly anticipated second episode. I am one of your hosts, Jeremy, joined by my co-host, Brian. Brian, how are you today? I'm pretty good. I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing well. And what are you thankful for this week? Oh, shit. Um, yep. Gotcha. No, you don't actually. Uh, you don't have to answer that. I'm thankful for this podcast, just as all of our listeners are. Oh, man. That's so uh, tender. Uh, I'm also thankful for thankful this podcast. For? Uh, I, 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 uh, no, I really, I really am. I'm thankful for this podcast. Cool. Uh, I'm thankful that we actually got the opportunity to do another episode. It's been a while since we did the last one. Yeah. Um, so, we've got some cool stuff planned. Uh, just as the last show, we're going to talk about what we watched this week, do a little box office checkup, see what's coming up uh, this week, and then we're going to dive into some classic reviews and talk about some older movies. So, first up, Ryan, what did you watch this week? We'll just All go right. one and one. Just one and one, and then do you want to do you want to end it with Stranger Things? Yes. Okay, we'll end it with that since we both watched that. Uh, all right, the first thing that I watched this week. Well, let's talk about the first thing that I watched this week, as well as it being the first time that I've seen this movie, Full Metal Jacket. Have you seen Full Metal Jacket? I have, and what's funny is that I recently watched it for the first time too. It's been a couple oh, really? months, but yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because it's obviously an older movie, uh, and a lot of people have seen it by now. It's Stanley Kubrick, and he's just done like so many good things. It's pretty much split into two movies now. I have to, did you like the first half or the second half better? I think I like the first half better, as a lot of people typically do. I guess that's what I was reading, and I and I can see why people like the first half more because of like it's more relatable. And but yeah. holy shit, the way that that first half ended, <laughs> like that, I didn't yeah. I didn't see that coming at all. I was just like, I mean, like you kind of get the idea that he's going insane. But then I thought once he got his shit together, it was all good. But nope, uh, the drill instructor, the sergeant, he's really cool. He's like he's a big character in the movie that a lot of people remember. Like you can suck a yeah. dick, uh, suck a golf ball through a hose, <laughs> type shit. He goes off. But yeah, I think the first half is the better half. The second half is, eh, and then it just and then the ending is kind of eh. But yeah, I thought yeah. it overall was a pretty good movie. Yeah. I always thought, like, what kind of surprised me is that it's a movie that a lot of people have seen, a lot of people have talked about it, but um, it, it was never, like, spoiled. The story was never really given away or anything to me. Like, you know, I heard Same. about the drill instructor. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, outside of that, like, it was still, which was cool because I feel like that gets lost in a lot of movies. You know, like, the first thing that somebody tells me about it is what happens. And like, right. Okay. I think that's a great point because as you're saying that now, I am thinking like you always. I think that the drill, like the drill sergeant, being as big of a character as he is, everybody does talk about him, and that's a good thing. Because I was thinking like, damn, I've never heard another thing about like the rest of the plot of this movie. Like as I'm watching, right. I'm like, shit, I hadn't heard any of, about any of this, and yeah, that was good. You're right, nothing was spoiled yeah. for me. And and I think it's definitely, I think it's a must watch for everybody. Yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. Um. I'll move on. So the first one I want to talk about was the Meyerowitz stories. And I, I think that on Netflix, I thought it was listed as the Meyerowitz stories and then like a colon new and old or something like that. But they, it's like they took that away. Oh, really? Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not sure what. I, I thought it was an odd title at first when I saw that. But the Meyerowitz stories uh, starring Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller, and Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> so you said you started this movie. Is that right? I'm sorry? You said you did. you started this movie. I started it, 
Um, and it opens with shit. What is it? Uh, what's the beginning? I forget. I did. I got like ten minutes into this movie, and then I stopped it for some reason. Um. Okay. So I'm trying to think. The way it starts, I think it's with Adam Sandler living with Dustin Hoffman, and I can't think of any other character names. Um, but he he's living with them, or he he move, he's moving back in with them, basically. Okay. Or he's staying with them for a while. And it's kind of hard because the movie, like, this would be a movie that also would be hard to describe the plot because, oh, oh, all right, let me, I'll get into this a little bit. So the, this is something that I liked about this movie that, that was very different too. Um, it, I felt like it played out like a very old school movie that was totally driven by the dialogue and the characters. It, it, like looking back, like I feel like nothing major happened. There's a couple like events mm-hmm. in the movie, but like for the for the most part, I feel like it was just a movie. Where it was just a bunch of conversations in different places, and I don't mean that as a bad thing because like yeah. I, I felt like it was written pretty well. And I I actually like what I loved is that we got a punch drunk love Adam Sandler. <laughs> I thought he did an awesome job, and uh and and Dustin Hoffman also did uh, an amazing job. Yeah, Sandler's actually been doing pretty good lately, especially with is it this is a Netflix original? Yes. Okay, yeah. He's been he's been like they have a deal with him or whatever, he's been pumping out movies, but they've all been pretty good. So like yeah. when you say that it's like conversations, is that what the Meyerowitz stories quote unquote refers to? Like it's a series kind of like their chapters in their lives or something? Like Yeah, basically. it's broken up. I can't remember like um but there's like title screens, like similar to like clerks or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, there's like a title, and it's I, I can't I think it says like one of the fam. Oh, it it just has a title for like that section of the story, yeah, like that that story or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really like seeing that because there aren't a lot of movies that do that kind of thing anymore. Like, did you see Mississippi Grind? No, I didn't. That was I think it came out in 2015. It was Ryan Reynolds and um Ben. Uh, Me- I, I don't know how to say his name, like Mendelssohn or whatever. He's like one of my favorite actors, and I can't think of how to say his name. But uh, it was another movie. So uh, what's a- he? I don't even know. He's in. Uh, I mean, oh man, hold on. I, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna look because he's in a lot of things, but like not a lot of things that. If I just yeah, like, I'm curious now. This person. Um, but speaking of Ben, it, did you mention about- Ben Stiller? Yes. Yeah, Ben Stiller was also in uh, Meyerowitz stories. Um, he's in oh oh and okay in Rogue One, he's the uh, the antagonist. I, I I don't know his character's name, but he's like he's always dressed in white. Oh he's okay, in, yeah okay. He, he's, also, he's in um, Place Beyond the Pines. He plays like the the dude that uh, helps uh, Ryan Gosling st- uh, rob the bank. Okay okay, I know he's I know what you're talking he, about. Yeah, he, he's a, he's an amazing actor. But that movie, in that movie, he's a he's a gambling addict. But that's another movie where like it's totally driven by like the dialogue. Nothing there. There mm-hmm. is no crazy plot. But like I said, I feel like that's something that's just kind of kind of rare to see in movies nowadays. Where that used to be, that like that's just what movies were. Were just these these like conversations and this dialogue that was written mm-hmm. really well. So I I enjoyed it. It wasn't a perfect movie. It had plenty of flaws, but uh, I I really enjoyed watching it at least. How how long is that movie? It's it was, it was fairly long. I think it's like two hours. Okay, okay. You know I'm gonna have to watch it all the way through. I didn't like stop it because it was bad. I just 
I don't know. I think it was just like I was looking for something. Yeah, it's kind of funny that you talk about how it's driven by the characters and plot. I think at that moment I was looking for like something like actiony. I'm like the typical uh, <laughs> yeah. viewer yeah. these days. It's like, oh fuck no, this isn't. That. But but like you said, <laughs> yeah. I that's why I really prefer like older movies to newer movies for pretty much that reason. They're just like like in the same like the way that they are more like character driven and stuff. They're just like slower. They're just they're just like yeah yeah. It's just like a of, slow burn. Yeah, kind of. There's, uh, yeah. There's better. Um, what what else did you watch this week? You had one All right. more, right? Yeah, I had. Um, yeah, I have a couple. Let's see. Well, the other movie that I want to talk about was The Revenant, and this will be the second time that I have now seen The Revenant. And what's really funny, I tweeted about Ooh. this. Pretty much the the reason that I watched it is because I was on Reddit. And I was reading, I forget, there was like some bear attack comment. It was like what to do in the situation of being attacked by a black bear, brown bear, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> when to run, when not to. And I was thinking, well, Leo, I don't know if he did, if he did what he was supposed to do in that situation. Then I was like, all right, well, fuck, now I'm going to have to watch The Revenant. And because of that comment, I've, I watch started watching movie. the movie. Yeah. Well, and then I was, oh, I'm sorry, I got this pretty loud. And then I was just going to watch the, uh, just the bear attack scene. But then it's such a good movie that I had to watch the whole thing. It really uh, is. Di- and- yeah, I love that movie. Directed by Inyarito, however you say his name. Yes. Yeah. Who also did Birdman. So fucking madman. Uh, <laughs> yeah, for real. But he, he knows so, yeah. his craft. He really does. Um, the Revenant's so good. And then, yeah. obviously, Leo. Leo was... Well, I think, personally, and this is... this is, I find this kind of hotly debated, and I'm going to ask you. I like Tom Hardy's character more and tom hardy's acting more so are you would you like leo or yeah. tom hardy in the movie more no no i really i really really like tom hardy's character and i, I think i would agree with you I, I i like both characters a lot um and i and i do think leo did an amazing job but yeah mm-hmm. I, tom tom hardy's character i feel like he just he like had more layers he yeah um, i totally agree with that which is weird because leo is the one that survives a bear attack and watches his son die in front of him yet tom hardy <laughs> yeah. like you hear a his story dad about like saw God as a squirrel. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then but yeah, then right. I don't. And then the ending uh, battle between Leo and Tom is just so gut wrenching. It's literally I like even though I'd already seen it, and the second time I've seen this, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat like white knuckle, like oh my god, I can't. It's so intense. Yeah. This I can't even imagine. It feels so real. Like these days, there's people are getting shot and stabbed and everything in movies, but whenever Tom Hardy's fingers get chopped off and then. Leo gets stabbed in the back and everything. It hurts. It hurts me. But uh, that's actually yeah, so that's... that's the only movie that I have seen in IMAX. And oh really? I do oh, not regret that decision so cool. at all. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Now I went at like four yeah. o'clock on a Tuesday, so there was a ton <laughs> of senior citizens. But uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun. What did they think of the movie? The other thing. Oh, it was. They were like so, especially in that end fight. Like you know when uh, Tom Hardy gets his couple of his fingers lopped off by that uh tomahawk or, it, or it's an axe or a hatchet or whatever uh-huh, yep right yep I, there was like all of them it was like an audible oh <laughs> like, it was so it was it was wild but uh because yeah, that movie's bloody movie i've seen in IMAX. yeah yeah 
it is really brutal. And then, okay, not, I don't want to get off topic, but really hit really quickly because you reminded me. So me and, me and my girlfriend went to go see Jurassic World whenever it first came out. And we go, mm-hmm. we went to see it like midday or whatever. And we go get our tickets. We sit down in the theater and it's not too full. But as the people start coming in, I noticed that it's nothing but just older women and like in groups of like uh-huh. three or four. And that's it. And I'm like, Kara, I don't think we're in the right movie. There's, there's no way that these women are here to see Jurassic World. So like we double check our ticket and we were, we, they gave us the wrong ticket. We were in some like love fest thing right at the start at the same time but it was hilarious because i'm like no 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 no, no. these ladies are not here to see a t-rex pull apart a raptor let's let's check our ticket yeah (laughs) all right so what like go ahead no you know what it's not worth it i'll end up going on a different road that will take way too long all right i can talk about theater experiences all day we'll save oh i know show yep (laughs) all right all right what'd you watch oh i was uh, gonna say what was your next thing last of the enforcers um, which I don't know. Have you seen this yet? The sequel? Yep. Goon? I saw the first one. It was great. And so I had to watch this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what, what did, what did you think like overall of this one? So the first one was so good. This one yeah. I thought was good. I thought it was this one also, uh, directed by Jay Baruchel. Like, did he do both yep. of them? Yeah. So I thought, yeah, uh, it just wasn't as good as the first, but I liked it. I guess is pretty much all I can say about it. What'd you think? Yep, I I, thought, I felt the same way. I, like I I liked it; it was enjoyable. I don't think I would have liked it as much if I didn't love the first one as much as I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, can agree Goon with that. Is, I mean, that's my that's one of my like go to like sports comedies or whatever now. Yeah, and I it's fucking hilarious if you haven't seen the first one. He needs to. Yeah. Oh yeah. Jay Baruchel. Yeah, you're right. Jay Baruchel's great in it, and like I really like even the the Canadian little pussy boy. Like his, I like his character, <laughs> and he's yeah. like just I I like that uh, Sean William Scott starts looking out for him and all that shit, and and then in the second movie they're really tight and all that good stuff. Yeah. Um. I, now I heard it, an interesting bit a while back, and I don't remember where I heard this, but um, the guy I I can't remember the character's name, but the guy who says the line uh, about um, I have two rules, don't touch my fucking percocets and do you have any fucking percocets oh yeah. so apparently he he um ad-libbed that line for his uh uh oh god i just blanked on the word for his to get casted his, for his uh, audition audition yeah he he ad-libbed that line for his audition and they were like oh my god you're in and that line has to be in the movie <laughs> in the movie that's that's hilarious that's perfect yeah, all of the hockey team pretty fucking hilarious. Oh yeah. Um also on my list I had Mad Max Fury Road. This is like my fifth or sixth time watching this movie. And I, I won't get too much into it because I think everybody knows that it's a it's a phenomenal movie, but that that it was just reinforced, like watching it like like I said, the fifth or sixth time it was still like it's just it's a beautiful movie and to watch and I, I just I love every part of that movie. It really is. It's so fucking good, and I actually have not seen any of the other Mad Max movies, which is a shame. I can't. I'm almost ashamed to say it out loud, but like I know that they're they're great, and uh, I know Mel Gibson's really good in them. I know this one doesn't. If you haven't seen the other ones, it doesn't matter. Like which one? Wh- what have you seen of Mad Max? Well, it's funny that you said you haven't seen any of the older ones because I own all three and have only seen Road Warrior, which is oh the really? One. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And because then, I, think, I don't think the first one did as well. I think it wasn't until Road Warrior that Mad Max like really took off. That's what I thought. And then he isn't even is the third one Thunderdome? Is that what it's called? Yeah, beyond yeah, beyond the Thunderdome. Beyond which I think did okay, okay but I, I I don't hear too many people talk about it. 
Yeah, but you but the second one is the most popular, right? That's what, that's what I feel like. Yep. Yeah. And then, but this uh, one, also, oh man, I Fury start... Road, so good. Yeah. It is. It is. And uh, yeah, just every everything about it, like the story, that like it's just a it's a like a fun movie to watch. It's like visually stimulating. I don't know. That sounds weird, but it it is. It's just a cool movie to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's the one other of the thing that I watched this week. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, Tom Hardy pretty much says nothing in it, and he's still one of, like, the most badass characters, like, in a movie, period. (laughs) He doesn't... But, I mean, usually the most badass characters don't have to say much, but, uh, yeah, no, he he did really good in that, too. So, shout out Tom Hardy this week for doing all the good shit. Yeah, he's our MVP so far. (laughs) He is. Um, But, and really quickly, I want to say, I didn't know, when I first saw the movie, I didn't even know that was Nicholas Holt until after. I didn't even realize that was him. (laughs) I Yeah, me either. And I forget what got... Why I Googled it or why I ended up looking it up, and I was like, Mm -hmm. what? (laughs) <laughs> yep. The other thing that I watched this week, I started watching The Punisher on Netflix, which just released this past Friday. Uh, I only got about halfway through the season, and overall, I enjoyed it. But I'm sad to say, I, I was like sl- slightly bored, kind of. Really? And I think part of it's yeah, I think part of it's my own fault because. Um, like when Daredevil first came out, I didn't. Ever, I was like, "Oh, here we go again," and then, like the Punisher, I've been so hyped about like since it was first announced. So I think it's mm-hmm. partially my fault that I was just kind of like had this huge expectation, and it's not bad uh-huh. by any means. It's just well, not as not as good as I hoped. I guess is it along like it just seems like with Netflix's series, like a uh, superhero series or whatever, comic book series rather they're really like hit or miss and i guess wasn't didn't people say that um iron fist was like really boring like that was their complaint with it was that overall it was just sort of boring it was i i didn't like it uh yeah you didn't. it was yeah. it was boring and i could not stand the the main character and i don't know that actor's name but it was all his fault. yeah that's <laughs> I, I i just didn't like that character and, and then like when they did the defenders he kind of redeemed himself a little bit but i still okay. don't like that character yeah that's but, uh yeah. so of the defenders which is which is the best series to watch from like uh, the the ones that form the defenders um daredevil hands down that's what i thought and then i'm i'm pretty split between jessica jones and luke cage i really enjoy both of them i i would probably pick luke cage um because of the villain uh over jessica jones but yeah yeah i've not seen any of these so i'm gonna have to check them out because i know when daredevil came out i really really liked it they most they appeal to me more because last time we talked about like kind of the overabundance of superhero movies nowadays, mm-hmm. and I, I really enjoy the Netflix series because I don't have to leave my fucking house. Like, right? Yeah. Uh, like, True. I'm gonna be sitting on the couch watching something on Netflix anyways. Hey, here's a Marvel series. All right, I'm in. That um, yeah, I totally agree with that. I think just I can't get into the idea of like. TV like superhero TV shows because I know that they're not going to be as like yeah. high budget and they're not what I what I want like yeah, Avengers yeah. style shit but yeah but yeah oh and just really quick I wanted to ask you who who plays the Punisher John what, what are you trying to get me to fuck up his last name no I, I have I no idea who like, plays John, him in the Netflix okay John, John, I just didn't know like is he Berthenol Berthenol John John B Berthenol probably. Yeah, John B. Yeah, no, I didn't. I had just had no idea who it was. No, it's not Thomas Jane, but but he does he does a really good job. Like he he, he when I say I'm like slightly disappointed, it has nothing to do with him. He kills it as the Punisher. 
Okay. Um, and then well, the last thing that I watched, uh, which we actually talked about on the last episode, was Wheelman um, with uh, Frank Grillo. And that's also streaming on Netflix. It was a, it was a decent, like, action turn my brain off for an hour and a half. Um, whatever. Flick. It, it's i think I, I had texted you but we, i didn't know this when we when we recorded the yeah last i was just gonna say and, make sure um, you mention about that yeah because yeah, that's what got like 90 percent of the movie is is shot like within the car which is i i don't know why but i i have a thing for movies like that like phone booth and buried and oh my god like phone like booth. I, I, I haven't just... seen buried yet but... oh really i i like it because you kind of see like how innovative a, a director or, like the filmmakers are gonna be with their movie mm-hmm But that wraps up everything that I watched this week. That was everything you watched as well, right? Well, we got um, one more, but... Yeah, we're going to talk about the big one. Uh, the only other thing, it's not a movie, but I just wanted to give shout-out to Broad City because I just started watching this for the first time, and it's, like, one of the funniest comedies I've seen. And granted, I kind of put it in the back burner because it's it's just, like, a, uh, the two lead cast members are female not to not like in a sexist way but generally for me like female lead shows like i don't i'm not as interested in at first but it's a total mistake because fucking hilarious <laughs> yeah i know what you're saying i feel like they they tend to go in a direction like female driven shows tend to go in a direction that's like i i don't know not as enjoyable as what it could be i guess right but yeah but no, that, and that's broad, part of broad my city appeal with broad city is that they mm-hmm. don't go that direction like the, yeah they're too they're too basic white girls but they uh <laughs> whatever they do they they get fucking weird yeah no they definitely get weird and uh we talked about this a little bit hannibal burris in the show as like alana's sort of on and off boyfriends fucking hilarious the yes. fact that he plays like not like hannibal plays such weird characters and he's weird but the fact that he's also playing like a successful dentist who is like of the two he's the one that wants the relationship between them <laughs> and stuff that just really cracked me up but yeah so broad yeah. city was the only other thing that i checked out really funny so just check it out how too. far did you get I'm uh six six episodes into the first season, so I'm like pretty happy. Uh, okay. that I get like two and a half more seasons of it or whatever because they're on four now or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, they just started four a couple months ago, and that's yeah. I, I watched the first three and just haven't haven't caught up on the la- the, the new season. Still as good. Still uh, hasn't lost. Oh yeah, yeah. Yet. Yep, absolutely. Cool. It, it's a show that gets a little bit better each season. I feel like. Oh really? And that's good. Yeah, as they start to kind of like flesh out their characters more and get just they get, they get a little more weird but it 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 pays off because it kind of reminded me of workaholics a little bit you know but workaholics like dipped like yeah yeah so i don't remember so when like, i stopped watching but i i stopped watching but you stopped yeah exactly. so yeah so all right <laughs> um all right the big one stranger things season two which i met i hope i hope mostly everybody has seen by now watched all of it oh yeah i know like yeah, what's the first the... weekend everybody is like blowing up everybody's it what's started the... but i hope i hope they finish it yeah that's exactly anybody oh stranger things did you but dude stranger things is on did you check it out did you see stranger things on like, right that's that's uh, that was like all the talk everywhere i the statute of like limitations on that one is is probably i think like you know for big movies you have so much time but for a show that uh, comes out all at once and you can just binge it right on Netflix i think you got to get that shit watched within a couple weeks and then after that it's open for discussion <laughs> yep and stranger things nails the uh ending on a, a slight cliffhanger so there's you have mm-hmm. no excuse to not right. watch the next one right 
Um, all right, I gotta. Can I say one one very spoilery thing? But I gotta get it off my chest, or I'm gonna be thinking about it while we say everything else. All right, let's get it off your chest. When, big spoilers, everybody. When Sean Astin's character died, a part of me died. Uh, I was I crushed. Why? Uh, what's his name? Why am I blanking on his name? I can't think. The boyfriend. Cut. Yeah, I can't for some reason. Cause when he, he died, yeah. when he, I felt like I was watching, I felt like I was watching Mikey from the Goonies. I was watching <laughs> Samwise Gamgee. I was watching Rudy. I was watching all of his like beloved characters die all at once. The, the pool digger from Encino Man. All of them. They were yeah. He, uh, <laughs> yes. He. I love when I first saw that he like when he got his first screen time on the show. I was like, oh shit, is that? I, yes. I had to make sure. I think I looked it up, but I was like, yep, that's him. Like that's my dude. Cause I I met him actually. I have like a picture with him. So he what? He holds a little. But yeah, Sean Aston holds a little special place in my heart because at like some little con or whatever, you could you know get in line and stuff. He was a really cool guy. He came down the line and gave everybody like a high five and stuff. He actually ran into ran into Darren, one of our friends, who's standing in line. He like ran okay. into him and shit. But yeah, it was really funny. That's uh, amazing. Yeah, so whenever he died, you're right. It was pretty, but they, we all knew it was coming. Like, I mean, as soon as he did his little mission and then he walks out that door, they do this like slow mo yeah. close up thing on his face, and you're like, fuck, here it comes. Yeah. Yeah, it it was obvious, but at the same time, I, I, I wanted to believe. Because he oh, gets, yeah. so he gets like, he gets hit in the side by like a claw first, right? And I, I remember like watching it and being like, okay, he can bounce back from that like, no big deal <laughs> and then like oh the shot like the shot when there's obviously no return for him i was like yeah i, I was crushed it's been a really uh-huh. long time since i since i have been hit that hard by a character's death yeah it was sad um, i think it's because he was he's he always plays like just a very like lovable loyal character he was yeah i was it's funny because as you say that i was thinking like is he what am i what is he evil here like what am i missing like maybe like i wanted to like he was yeah, so nice. I, I was thinking the same was thing. Like, he, he might be working for somebody. He might know something. But no, he was just a really good guy. He has the talk with uh, Mike. He has a talk with uh, right Mike or Will. Yeah. No, Will. Uh, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, Will. He has a talk with like Will in the car about you know blah blah. blah. I was like you and stuff like that or whatever. And you're just like, oh man, yeah, he's a really good guy. And rip. Yeah. <laughs> R I P. <laughs> um, but yeah, w- when you said uh, about him working for something. I- or for somebody else, I thought the same thing because mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so he shows up after all this stuff happens. Like, I'm pretty sure he's linked to the the lab, or whatever, right? But, um, yeah, I just had, like I said, I, okay, I, I had to get that out right off the bat. Yeah, um, so if that's your thing, your little confession, you have to get off your chest about uh, season two. Here's my confession about season two, and it's not a popular one. It's not going to be liked by you, I'm sure. I liked season two. I thought it was kind of boring. And by boring, I mean that it, like, and it's not its fault. I felt like the first season was so, like, action-packed. And, and just because, like, we're learning about the Upside Down and we're learning about, like, the Demi Gorgon or whatever it's called. And, like, yeah. Eleven is with the kids and everything for the majority of the first season, obviously. And then with season two, she's not by them. She's isolated. Uh, and they're basically just playing off of everything that we already know with, like, you know, the Demi-Gorgons and stuff, which, like I said, it's fine. That's kind of what you would expect them to do, but it's just, like, I felt like compared to the first season, the second one was a little bit of a letdown because it wasn't, like, as exploratory Stranger Things, the kids, like, doing what they did, I guess. I don't yeah. know. It just, it was a little bit different, no, you know? I, I, Not I bad. No, I know what you're saying. But, yeah. 
and I, and I actually I agree with you. I I also enjoyed season two, but I have some some major gripes um, with season two. I feel like there were two huge wasted opportunities um, in subplots with Eleven. Um, there's an episode where she goes back and she finds her mother, um, and within like one one and a quarter episodes, that whole like that whole story just kind of ends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just felt like, I felt like that could have been expanded. That could have been like a, just, a, it was just a missed opportunity in my opinion. It had a lot of potential for like a lot more kind of like mystery. And then the other, the other huge one, um, was with the, the other, I can't remember. I think she was number eight or something. The other, the sister, uh-huh. I felt the same way. I was like, yeah, that, I feel like it was just a huge missed opportunity that to me when they first showed that, like, cause that's how the, the season two opens, um, is with that character. Right. I, I thought, I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what I wanted. This is going to be a, like a reoccurring thing for the whole season. You know what I mean? We'd be finding out about these other, the other, um, whatever numbers, one through however many. And right. One through seven, nine, ten, whatever. And yeah. then they condense it to like the one episode that kind of feels. Well, yeah. One episode. Yeah. And it was just like a closed chapter. And I felt really unsatisfied, um, with how they, how they ended those two things. Yeah, I agree completely. Um, but like we said, like uh, those are those are the things that we didn't like about the season, I guess. But it was still Stranger Things, and so it still had the elements that were there. Yeah, absolutely. That you do like. I just I, I just think like uh, the interaction between like Eleven and Mike, and God, the internet's all over this shit about how people are forcing them into being like you know a couple type thing, which is I don't fucking even care about that yeah. at all people are talking about how they're like too young and stuff yeah they're kids i don't even i never even yeah. wanted to think about them as like a couple or anything but yeah. but them being together or with her being a part of the group and everything and then oh okay we we also really have to talk about the redhead girl and her brother yeah i'm sorry but if you didn't have them in the season would literally anything have been lost uh no I mean, and, did they? I mean, like we know what they were there for, but yeah, yeah, I just don't understand why. I don't. No, I and um, so I'll get into. I, I wrote down. Um, do you ever feel too critical of child actors? And it, it was because of those characters, um, because literally from the moment that I saw Max, Max's character, I, yeah, I, it Max. was like a gi- yeah. a giant eye roll. I was like, here we go. It's a a, a emoji person of a character that to represent teen angst, like. <laughs> Why is this yes. person even here? And I by the by the end of season two, like her character kind of grew on me. But like you said, if they could be out of the series and wouldn't have blinked an eye, wouldn't have made a difference. Right. I mean, her brother's character didn't, or she she definitely grew on me more than her brother. I just didn't. I really just didn't get him. I thought I seriously thought the entire time like something was leading, like some major thing was leading up to him or her, like something i don't know it just nothing, yeah. nothing ever really well, resolved i for, i don't even remember what he what did he last do on screen what did i forget he like went to look for her and then they get in that he gets in the fight with steve oh yeah and then she like whatever she then she almost kills him with the nail bat or whatever she like slams it down and oh yeah yeah, yeah. His crotch and like tells him off and and then that was it then at the end it shows him and That's i forget it. what he's being like super passive like around her, mm-hmm. I don't. I think it's just like a slow mo shot of them, but yeah, I I thought like so. Towards the beginning of when you meet them, there's there's like a little bit of mystery to their to their actual like relationship because he says something along the lines of why they're here, 
and whose fault it is. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, like maybe we have something here. And then it turns out they're just stepbrothers. Exactly, and that's exactly how I felt. And you know, and their stepdad's and, an asshole, and like you know, and I was like, right. okay, now I really don't care about these two. <laughs> right? Yeah, I know. I really thought. Yeah, I, f- I felt the same exact way. Um, um, the only thing I will okay. say. Go ahead, you first. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Go ahead. If you were going to say something about that, go ahead. Oh yeah. The the only thing I will say is I I do, I do like the idea of uh, in, in the next season. I'm assuming her and Eleven, kind of being a little bit hostile towards each other. I think that could be interesting. Oh uh, yeah. But who know? Maybe they'll waste that opportunity. Also, uh, who knows? I for, I forgot they had the how it ends with the dance scene and everything. Yeah. And them like partnering up with different ones and stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, did you want to talk about Brett? I did. I did want to talk about <laughs> Brett Gelman. I don't. I don't know if you're a fan or not. Um. Uh, Brett. Yeah. He. I was first introduced to Brett with Eagle Heart. Oh, that's right. You watch Eagle Heart. I. I. I never. He was in. Yeah. I know he was in some other Adult Swim series. I never got into it. Um. Mm-hmm. I first saw him. Okay. I don't know if you'll remember this or not. He has a really small part in the other guys. But it's like it's the most memorable line for me, where he comes out with the tray of glasses and he's like, "Pew pew, Arnold Palmer alert! Arnold Palmer alert! <laughs> Who wants some Arnie Palmies?" And that like, I, I didn't remember his character at all. <laughs> I, that movie is like a decent movie to me, but he his line is what makes like that's what I always think of when I think of that movie. <laughs> and then he was in a, a really short lived uh, comedy on FX called Married. Uh, where he had just an interesting mm. character who was like a, an alcoholic who is now celibate and crazy fucking whatever. Um, and then <laughs> the other thing that I saw him in this year was Lemon, which I don't know if you've seen anything about that. Um, I think it, it was a, uh, a limited release. So it w- it's very bizarre. And it's about him and he's an actor. There's not much of a plot. It's not. It's not even that good of a movie but his character was like interesting enough and he was funny enough that I made it through the whole thing. Um, yeah, I'm really conflicted on that movie, but like I said, Brett Gelman, the point of all of this, the reason I'm talking about him so much is because I, he, I feel like his character, the crazy news guy was a huge, like it, stranger things. It was a missing ingredient to stranger things that it needed. Um, I, I -hmm. loved his character. I loved kind of, the dynamic between him and Hopper, you know, like the, we've got the badass sheriff and the crazy news guy that's right about everything, but no one believes him. And uh, yeah. it's interesting to see them. And I just, I really like this character. I, I hope to get more FaceTime with him in the next season. I liked that we got uh, uh, more FaceTime than, you know, he's in the first two episodes for like a couple minutes. Um, so I was happy to see later we get an episode where they, we actually get to hang out with him for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, just a crazy dude. I, th- I thought, and, and Brett Gellman always plays like these just odd like super odd characters and always he does he plays like some of the most bizarre people he's just like a bizarre person who just fits those roles yeah and i feel like this one kind of like solidified to me that he 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 is a good actor yeah i agree and i think his character i liked his character too i think that his like we get introduced to him like you said 
And it's like, oh shit, he's pretty much right about these things, but Hopper can't say that, whatever. And then we get like the kind of focus episode on him and skeleton face guy, whatever, <laughs> and the big sister. And then they like don't kiss or whatever, but he says that they should. And I think that we get like a good a, amount of exposure to his character, like you said, where he's he's in it like the perfect amount. Like he's he's a he was a good missing ingredient. Like he's a his character was uh was like funny but also serious. Yeah. And uh, he he played the like you said he played the shit out of it, which is what makes it. Yeah. So he really is like a he does look like a really good con- like crazy conspiracy. Yeah, looking, yeah. Looking dude, Brett Gilman <laughs> in general. I think he complements so, uh, yeah, the no, role like very well, and the role complements Stranger Things very well. Yes, exactly. So so overall, we're we're saying we both liked it, right? We both liked the second season. Yeah. Um, definitely some complaints, and I also thought one of my complaints about it too was that I felt like the second season hit on a lot of stereotypes like a lot of movie tropes and tv tropes like like one of the bigger ones that i really didn't like well first off why is dustin raising a baby demigorgon after ha- he's one of the very few people that knows what the fuck the upside down is and he's like no i'm just gonna take this thing out of the trash and raise it like i like i don't know if it had like some kind of mind control over him that you know it doesn't really it's not explained but could be assumed but i don't think so i think he I just don't understand, like, dude, you know what this is. Like, what the fuck are you thinking? It's but kid, then, it's kid to get logic. to the trope, there's no rhyme or reason. It's, it is. Um, I mean, yeah, you're right. Because I, I, I probably want that thing too, to be honest. But then, like, whenever it it comes and he's like, "Oh, you know me, man." Like, uh, I forget what. Oh he, yes. What do you name it? I forget. But uh, and he's just like, "Oh, it's me." And then he, he, yeah, Dart, and he and he gives him the nougat or whatever. He gives him three musketeers. I'm just like, all right, like, it's what I just thought it was like so stereotypical to be yeah. to have that be the one that comes to him and then it like saves them or whatever they get past it yeah yeah and there were just some other yeah some other tropey things that i thought they did but well, with that yeah. like with with dustin raising dart um it definitely got like some some like et vibes you know he like with the <laughs> three musketeers you know and he kind of like coaxes mm-hmm. him with that and then um uh-huh. the other big one was like some some exorcist vibes with will um like towards oh, the end God, when he's yeah. like freaking the fuck out and i, I don't I wouldn't say that I didn't enjoy that, like with Will, that the whole Exorcist thing. Um, I, I don't think it was bad, <laughs> but I just I was mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, just very Exorcist vibes. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could have personally put together their fucking underground puzzle as quickly and easily as it seemed that they were able to do it because they all look like the fucking same squiggly tunnel to me. Oh yeah, uh, the underground tunnels that Will drew, but. Yeah, no, I mean that—that that wasn't like a complaint necessarily of mine. I just I don't I don't know that I ever would have been able to connect the same exact looking. Yeah, I know what you to mean. make the underground, and then like, yeah, like go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say like it, with with the first season and with a couple things in the second season, I always thought it was I, I liked and I thought it was interesting when they they put things together based on you know when they were playing like D and D. Yes, I love yeah, that. Yeah, and so like what you're saying with where where they kind of they skipped all of that or they skipped any like logic and they were just like, Oh yeah, this tunnel. Yeah. Obviously it goes right here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. but like with the Morse code thing, like, yeah, yeah. Like know, when, yeah, when Will's doing Morse code, too. I was like, that's cool. I was like that. I, I like that. Uh, huh. I forgot about that. So, so yeah, stranger things too. Not as good as the first season, but still good. And well, and looking forward to the the next one, which isn't I don't know they I guess it's not going to be, it seemed like it's not going to be a next year release or something, but I don't know. Um, well I'm not sure because season season one just came out last fall, wasn't it? Right, right? it was last fall. Then yeah, this fall. Yeah. That's so I was thinking it'd be yeah. next fall, but then I heard like, 
it wasn't going to be... It was like, I don't know, I, I well, thought I read something. I was like, all right, I'll see you guys in a year and six months. And I didn't really oh, get yeah. it, though. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I remember reading the, the Duffer Brothers when they first came up with the idea together. They sketched out, they said they sketched out like roughly four to five solid uh, seasons. So I don't think they have any like lack of material. But, okay. I, you know, maybe with kind of like with some of the things that we have issues with with season two, maybe it would benefit them to take a few extra months or, you know, take an extra year. Mm-hmm. Look what happened to true detective. Oh my God. <laughs> we don't, we're not going to, we can't go down that road. No. Yeah. We'll be here for a while. We start doing that, but, but yeah, like Watch you Fargo said, instead. still good. I, the other thing is I know that with season two, I was probably more critical or I was definitely critiquing it more than I was season one. Um, but yeah, I would still say not not quite as good. Still pretty good. Like I would say, yeah, yeah. So, it's solid. It's it's still like you gotta watch it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, go watch it for sure. It's it, the only reason we're criticizing it is because it's worth criticizing, right? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everybody should, should everybody should have should have seen it. It's like a it's kind of like a little cult phenomenon now at this point. Yeah, and everybody. It's all over the place. It's like it's taking over merchandising. Yeah. Right? Oh everywhere yeah. Goes, those Stranger Things this and Stranger Things that. Those kids are. They're everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> they are. They gotta be. They're gonna be set for fucking life. And yeah. I almost feel bad a little bit for them. But if it's, I mean, it's cool if it's what they want. Like I, f- I feel bad for Mike and Eleven a little bit more so than the other ones. Yeah. But, but well, I will say like Eleven. But yeah, no. The uh, Millie Bobby Brown. She just seems mm-hmm. like such a cool girl. Like I don't know if you saw like when she was on yeah. Jimmy Fallon when the first season came out and she, you know she like rapped Nicki Minaj's verse from. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. <laughs> This year they did like a she did like a, an original rap for for Stranger Things season two, it was kind of funny. Oh, I didn't know that. But um, yeah. Oh, did you did you ever watch? Beyond, I was gonna say, did you ever watch Beyond Stranger Things though with Jim Ryan? I didn't. It started auto playing, uh, but I, I I didn't actually watch it. Okay, I haven't watched either. I was just gonna ask him. What were um, you gonna say? I have to go back for one more thing that I forgot. You know who I really really feel bad for is Will, because. <laughs> This kid, this poor kid, season one, he's lost for the entire thing, right? Lost and upside down. <laughs> season two, he's got all kinds of weird stuff going on. And now he's going to come back and he's going to be like, all right, guys, let's go hang out. And like Mike's going to be like, oh, I'm going to go hang out with Eleven. Lucas is going to be like, oh, I'm going to h- go hang out with his boring Max. And then it's just going to be Will and Dustin. <laughs> like, Will's going to be like, what the fuck happened to my life? Like, I'm fucking gone for two years, and now all my friends are gone. <laughs> well, all right, Dustin, at least I have you. Man, I miss Dart. Man, fuck you, Dustin. You're not as cool as you used to be. Exactly. But, yeah, that was, that was my funny. last thing yeah, that I, I had. <laughs> all right, that's a good note to end, Stranger Things. <laughs> um, We got some classic reviews, which I'm really excited to do. This is something we talked about doing when we first came up with uh, doing the whole podcast as a whole. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so what you, you have, you, you have one movie you want to talk about? Is that right? And I have one. Of no. the two? Of? No. Wait, wait, wait. We want to talk about Fifth Element, right? Yeah. Are you saying that I pick out one? Yeah, I thought, I thought, oh no, you told me about Full Metal Jacket. My B. Um. Oh, no, no, well, Full Metal Jacket was like what I watched this week and it was older. I didn't personally pick 
a classic review because once you had had talked about the fifth element, I was like, I just want to talk about the fifth element. Okay, like, cool. That's fine. All right. The fifth element, everybody. That's what we're going to be talking about for our classic <laughs> review. So it released 20 and years ago. And maybe a ago. little bit of bad taste, but yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, yes, directed by Luke uh, Besson. I don't know why I always want to say his name, Besson, but it's definitely <laughs> Luke Besson. Um, He's French. I mean, Huh? I mean, oh, he's God. French, right? So yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That, I, I think that's why my brain's like, mm, I think he's wrong. Right. It's Basson. Um, <laughs> but anyways, it released 20 years ago, uh, which is one of the reasons I want to talk about it. I, I watched it again earlier this year because uh, it was part of my hype for Valerian and City of a Thousand Planets, uh, which I ended up not seeing because uh, it, it turned out to be horrible, according to everybody else. So. Yeah. But it doesn't matter because The Fifth Element was an amazing movie. And I just, it's, to me, The Fifth Element is everything that sci-fi action movies are and should be and should aspire to be. Would you say, like, um, well, first of all, when was... Is this a, is the Fifth Element just a movie you've, like you saw it once, or have you seen it many times? You caught it. I on have TV seen it times? in bits and pieces. Quite. I'm sorry, I got distracted. I've seen the movie bits and pieces uh, a lot of times, but I've only actually seen the movie all the way through twice, and I watched it very very recently. And before that, it had been a while. Okay. So, um, direct uh, for anybody that doesn't know the Fifth Element. Uh, it's directed by Luke Besson, starring Bruce Willis, uh, Mila jo- Jovovich, I think that's how you say it, um, and, and just a, a handful of others. Uh, Chris Tucker. Chris Tucker, yes. And it, it follows. It's a very uh, it's a very ridiculous story. And Gary Oldman, of course. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very ridiculous yeah. story um, that that involves the, the end of life as we know it, and and stopping that from happening. Um. So I have I have a lot of different things that I want to say about this movie, but they're kind of all over the place. So I don't know if you have like any like overall things you want to say first. Well, I almost feel like I probably have a lot of the same things that I want to touch on as you do, just because that you saying that is like how I feel about this. So if we maybe want to, we can touch on like I just want to say roughly like I wanted to talk a little bit about the the overall sort of theme of the movie. I wanted to talk about just the the specific characters, and I wanted to talk a little bit about the production like value of the movie like those are the okay. three main things i want to hit on so if any of those yeah. three you want to hit on we can we can share and then you can talk about whatever too yeah uh first you said overall themes right yeah let's start with that um now okay now not necessarily related to the themes but one thing i just want to say like after watching this again recently uh is that this is this is a film that has a lot of cliches a lot of sci-fi cliches i feel like like especially in the dialogue there's a lot of things that are like very dramatic that don't need to be dramatic (laughs) but to me like that's that's almost like part of a sci-fi movie and i don't know if that sounds ridiculous uh or or if i sound like an idiot for saying that but i I just feel like you know i see so many sci-fi movies and sci-fi action movies where they're just a little overly dramatic and i'm totally okay with that i look right past that when i'm when i'm like critiquing a movie yeah, I agree. Especially like in the opening with like the priest, and when when he's talking to, I think they call him the president. 
Um, yeah, mm-hmm. when he, when he's talking to him about you know what's gonna happen and the, and the end of the world and, and everything, it, it's just it's just very overly dramatic, along with a lot of other things. But yeah, it's still I can look right past that. Which and also let me just say the president's character is like a, is the the acting by him is so bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. But it, well, like I, I look right past it because it's such a good movie. But the acting by him is so like it's like it's not like intentionally bad, but it's just something that you don't even like care about. Like it's like nobody cared about while they were making it. They're like, all right, right, his right. lines are like I feel it's not it's partially his acting and partially the lines they've given him because like you said, he just plays the he's just like the president, like Mister President. Like, what should we do for this? <laughs> yeah. and, you know, get get me whoever on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. So, but I mean. I th- I th- yeah, war. Yeah, what is it good for? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <laughs> um. Anyways, I feel like I cut you off. Were, were you about to say something? No. Uh. I was just. Uh. No. 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 Go ahead with, with like the main, whatever you want to talk about. Well, the, about, the next thing I was going to say, like as far as like different themes from that movie that stick out to me, uh, the scale, the scale of this movie is is huge to me because, and this is people always point this out on Reddit and, and like. It almost annoys me how much it gets pointed out because it has been something that was special to me since I first saw the movie. Is that the two are, are protagonists and antagonists? They never meet. Um, in this movie, like they do not. As in Gary Oldman's character, yeah, and Gary Oldman's character, and and, okay. and, and, oh, yeah. and Bruce They 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 never cross paths. However, one of them oh, okay. is saving the world, and one of them is trying to destroy the world. Um, and yeah. I just feel like that's, that's huge. Like to me that, that shows the scale of this movie. It's a huge movie. It's, I mean, it's literally like, there's so many movies that are like, it's the end of the world. And I, I, I don't know if you remember, I just sent you that text about Geostorm where like a spoiler mm-hmm. alert, what, like part of the plot is that like one of the characters sends like a, a series of missiles towards a city to kill one person that he has a quarrel with or whatever. And like, what the fuck? Like in this, that, that's part of what I love about this movie is that like it's so huge. We're literally talking about the end of mm-hmm. like a whole galactic. It's it's a galactic warfare, right? Like the end of life. Like that's it's like reiterated throughout the movie. You know, like uh, what is it? Something's not important. Blah blah. Life is important. Yeah, this doesn't matter. Life matters. Like yeah, yeah like it's yeah. You're right. And it, and it, uh, that was something with me that definitely was like uh, hit home with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I can think of for themes. I got a lot to say for the other stuff, but if you have anything well, else for themes. I was going to say, so I guess, uh, yeah, it's sort of uh, to do with like the theme of the movie. Because, I mean, there's there's like overall themes of the movie as far as like war and love and stuff like that. But to go along with the whole love aspect, well, and war aspect, I guess. Okay, so the movie starts off, I guess, with her before she's even, before Mila's character. Uh, I'm sorry, what do they what do they call her? Lilu. Um, Lilu. Before Lilu is Lilu, whatever, before they they make her again. They're talking about, like, mankind, and this is the... Basically, you know, it's a shock to them whenever it's a woman, just like it's supposed to be a shock to us type deal. And that's just one thing that throughout the whole movie, I feel like, plays, like, the fact that she, like, is a woman and isn't a man and stuff like that. Like, I don't oh, I right, guess I don't right. really know specifically what... I, I know what you're uh, saying. I had some thoughts on it. But yeah, they, just the just I I think it says a lot about sort of our expectations and st- especially about like war and in and, and mankind and stuff like that and then like but she's this woman and uh I don't know. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. So like and then even, when they when they yeah. first introduce her 
they describe like they describe the perfect human. Is that right? Yes. And they actually, you know right. what I remember now that you said it. They they say he, um, mm-hmm. or him, yeah. or something like that. Yep. Yeah, they're referring to him as man. And then yeah, like you said, like it comes out as this woman. It's this very, it's this beautiful woman. Um, right. They kind. I, I think I I see what you're getting at. It's kind of like. A, a representation of, of life as a whole, I guess, and, and our expectation as opposed to, you know, what it may or may not be. Right, exactly. And uh, and then furthermore with that, later, you know, the fifth, I mean, so what, I guess, the fifth element, she's the fifth element, whatever, but, like, what is what is the fifth element? Like, I guess, it is a cheesy question, and maybe it's, like, obvious. Like, is the fifth element, like, love? Do people say that, that that's what they consider to be the fifth, fifth element because specifically whenever bruce willis embraces her and they talk about love that's when it like activates you know what i mean like yeah i like that like the fifth element i, 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 I like, like to a... think that yeah I, I don't know i don't know if that's hold on let me let me look into this because is that something that's been answered <laughs> well, i mean i feel, I feel like, like i don't know I if it's like... just like obvious like hey you fucking dumbass yeah they kissed and it was a whole thing or, or no you dumbass you're missing a whole thing i just but like the because right before God, this this is like such a talking point of the fifth element. Right before he kisses her or whatever, and it like works, she says, "What she says? She says like, what is the point of life? Is if this is what you do with it?" And she's referring to war, you know, because she had just looked up war before that. Yeah. So I guess like, and then they embrace, and it's like the fifth element is like humankind, but not like humankind, like. Yeah, yeah, I see what you're saying. So, yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's supposed to be an obvious answer that we're missing out on, because. I, I don't know. I can't find anything, you know, where 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 someone has just blatantly asked or said, like, uh, yeah, obviously the fifth element is this. But I really like that idea and what you're saying uh-huh. is that the you know is the fifth element love uh, is is it war is it you know and and where right. do the, where do right. the line where do you draw the lines like between those two you know what I mean where's like the separation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I guess I never I never thought about that, um, when I was watching this. So. Yeah, because I, like the Fifth Element is a really good movie, but I gotta tell you, the last like twenty minutes or so of this movie is is like by far and away my favorite part of it. Yeah. So. Because of Chris right, Tucker. What else or... Or... Because okay, so Chris Tucker's character is so fucking amazing in this movie. He's a necessary character. Absolutely. <laughs> but um, okay, so one of the one of the big things I want to talk about, you said something about uh the production. Or you said production yeah. value, right? Either way, mm-hmm. um, I want to talk about practical effects versus CGI because yes, that's, that's what I want to talk about. I, I first of all, this is a movie that also solidified to me that practical effects are fucking king, in my opinion. Whether I mm-hmm. whether I know it or not, subconsciously I like uh, practical effects, and they make a huge difference for me. So much of a difference, and I I think that you're probably going to be shook when I say this. But uh, <laughs> okay. we have talked in the past about Lord of the Rings being the greatest trilogy of all time. Is that right? You still feel that way? Uh, I yes, I okay. do. Yeah. Um, and I and I absolutely agree with that. Till the day I die, probably. But I to this day have not seen a single Hobbit movie. I haven't even seen yeah, a single no, minute of a Hobbit shit. movie. You don't need to. I and, saw uh, the first trailer, so... and and uh-huh. was immediately like, no, nope. Not for me. It's uh, it's it's so CGI heavy. It's like nothing but a green screen movie. And uh, yeah, I don't blame you. 
And so, yeah, that, and the, I, I, the the practical, like the the costumes and, and the effects that they they use for like the alien characters, and you know, mm-hmm. obviously like the uh, the opera singer, um, and some of the other like mm-hmm. aliens and people about like it makes a huge difference to me. It makes it feel more real to me. Yes. And what's almost like disturbing to me is that uh, Luke Besson has said that that part using practical effects was a nightmare for him, and he prefers he prefer, like Valerian is uh, entirely CG uh, CGI, and he said he prefers oh, it yeah. because I, he he wasn't saying it's easier, but essentially that was like the impression that I got is that he was saying it's easier, and the other thing is he feels like when he looks at you know, a character in a costume with all these, uh, this makeup and whatnot, all he sees is the actor. Whereas for me, like, okay, well, I mean, I'm, I guess I'm glad that he, he didn't go that route or that the, wasn't necessarily, you know, available for him whenever he made the fifth element, because I think that's what makes like partly the, the movie so good is like the costumes. And like you said, the makeup and everything, the opera singer is so well done. My personal favorite of like the costumes are the, like the, like the the main ancient alien race like the good guys the ones that are first introduced like as the keepers of the stones or whatever yeah like the giant um i don't want to say robots the gi- but like yeah the really big I, ones that's what i think yeah of. yeah they start with an m the name of them i think or i forget but yeah they're that's like was far and away like one of my favorite ones and that's like i was as soon as i saw that i was like oh shit yeah this is i like this so much more yeah. than like i mean i guess cgi isn't necessarily used for it can be used for like waves of like the orcs or whatever i guess individual costumes typically aren't cgi for example but no yeah even just the fact that like everything was done in costume like the other the bad guys um, right right on the ship and everything yeah. later yeah so production value is just really i'm just really glad that like you said practical real things are so much better than cgi yep and and the fifth element even it uses quite a bit of cgi as well and i, I think right it i mean it, it almost has to and like you said you know like if you right. have like waves of orcs like that's impossible to do, you know, uh, without using CGI. But this, the CGI in the Fifth Element looks incredibly dated now, if, if you watch it. So yeah, like you it, said, it I'm, does. You're right. Like the the black, the fiery mass, or whatever, flying through space, the evil mass. It does. It looks dated, but uh, but uh, but like some of the the taxi scene with Bruce Willis still looks pretty good. Yeah, yeah. And I don't have like a really good combination of practical and CGI. So yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm glad that you wanted to talk about that because that's that's one of my like biggest biggest things about that movie is what makes it feel more real to me. That's, I feel like it's ironic that he said uh, that Luke Besson feels like uh, you know CGI is more real to him and he only sees an actor mm-hmm. because I feel the exact opposite. And, like when I look at CGI, I yeah. feel like I'm looking at you know this is a fucking broomstick with some with some tabs on it so you know where to look where to focus your eyes, <laughs> you know, and you're mm-hmm. an actor. Yep. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, and it's funny, though, that we mentioned The Hobbit a little bit, because if we do talk about Bad Taste or we can save it, but that's, like, the complete opposite of, as I was watching that movie, like, the, you know, Peter Jackson goes the complete opposite spectrum from yeah. his first movie to The Hobbit in terms of practical effects of CGI. I mean, budget, too, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, but, uh, so back to The Fifth Element. So you, so this movie is just 20 years old uh, this year, right? It was 1997, so... With our little yes, like classic in May review. of nineteen ninety. May, okay. So we we were gonna do movies like twenty years old. So like you said, it's perfect that this one just became twenty years old. Are they doing? Are they? Uh, you know, was there like a special release DVD or anything? That they there, did? there was a re- yeah. There, I think they re- there was a re-release, a special edition Blu-ray. Um, 
and they kind of like there were, there was a lot of promotion i guess for it for the re-release also because like i said his his uh new movie valerian and city of a thousand planets mm-hmm. was coming out and and i my level of hype for that movie was so incredibly high because i was like here he is luke Besson, he's like returning to like a space sci-fi story uh-huh. this movie's gonna be amazing and then when the first reviews came out it was immediately like it was not good <laughs> um and so i i ended up i still haven't seen it um i, I hope to see it soon but i heard like a lot of gripes with the CGI, yeah, and a lot of great, just a just a weak story. Which I guess he's coming off of his other newest movie was Lucy. I know, I was just, which, I coming, was waiting for you to maybe of mention that. that. Like, it's like between he does the Fifth Element and he. Do, have you ever seen Leon the Professional? Yeah, which is really good. love that movie. Yeah, it was really good too. So it's like he does those two, and then he hits us with Lucy and the other, and it's like, oh, what the fuck. <laughs> and I, I feel like uh, the the Fifth Element, like it, it's also it holds up. I feel like it holds up really well for being 20 years old mm-hmm. um i feel like like i said the practical effects makes a difference i feel like the the story it tells a very um well you know we're talking about themes with like love and war and it, it has all these like elements to a story that will to the end of time like those will be right what stories are told, right. like what you know stories are surrounded by love and war and and um yeah and the, and the characters like the characters also make this movie for me. Yep. Bruce Willis, I think he does an amazing job. I, I, there's a, there's a lot of roles he takes that I don't like, where he plays a character that has like a similar attitude. Yeah, definitely. But um, in in this one, like I I think he did an amazing job. I love it, you know that he's just a taxi, uh, he's a cab driver that whatever has all of these things thrown into his lap. Um, Gary Oldman does an amazing job. He is by far and away my favorite part of this like, movie. Gary Oldman as the antagonist is creepy, man. I get straight up Peter Baelish vibes from him. <laughs> yeah. He, he he does such a good job. And uh I, I think I think it's funny that they were able to add in with his character, like you said, who's so incredibly creepy, they still managed to add in a, a couple of little like comedic quips or whatever, like here and mm-hmm. there. Not many, not as many with him, but um, you know, no. like when the, I think it's one of, the, and I can't think of the alien race, like what their name is, but uh, when one of them is like waiting in line for the uh, the pass or whatever to get on the the plane to where uh-huh. the I, I can't think of the names of any of this shit right now. Uh, but when he's waiting to get on the plane and he's trying to talk to him, whatever. whatever. And my point is, um, Gary Oldman's an amazing actor, and he did a phenomenal job in that role. Yeah, the uh, like you said, there was a few parts. If you like. Like, he's a really good antagonist, but he was also pretty funny and stuff. Like, he's not meant to be super, like, evil, like, uh, evil evil in the movie, you know? He's sort of, like, lighthearted evil and stuff. But whenever, <coughs> excuse me, like, when he disarms the bomb, and then, <coughs> oh, man, the other, the the alien race that we can't think of the name or whatever, the evil one, he, like, has his own little bomb that he detonates, like, right beside it. So it's just, like, Gary Oldman's reaction yes, to, like, him yes. saving himself but then dying. <laughs> and then later, he gets the chest that he thinks for the second time has the stones in it. And he opens it up, and yeah. and then the cameras just focus on his reaction, and he kind of smiles, and you think like maybe he has them, but he starts then he starts like doing like a crying thing, like he's just like so frustrated because he doesn't have them, and that really cracked me up. That was really funny. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he does good, and I think we should also mention the fact that Bilbo Baggins is in this movie too. Does a good job too, Ian Holm. Oh snap! What? Yeah, Ian Holm. Make sure I get his name right. I I I I know he's Bilbo. I just yeah, sure. it, yeah it's, Ian Holm, it's Ian Holm. As, the, as the priest. Oh wow! I guess, yeah. Yeah. I I hadn't. I guess I totally glanced over that. So yeah, it's got a lot of good actors in this movie. Yeah. 
Oh, Z- wait, no, Zorg. Zorg is Gary Oldman. Yeah, Zorg is Gary Oldman. I just want to know what. What the hell are these things called? I can't find. Oh, Mondo Shaw. Shaw ones? Are the, that, that's the, the uh, good ones. The race you were thinking of at the beginning. Yeah. Yep. And the bad um, ones are the Mangalores. No, anyways. Mangalore, the, okay. Yeah, the Mangalore. Have you ever seen... I, this is another thing that I saw on Reddit. And it was like a post about... That when he's carrying... It's it's like the case that has the bomb. How there's like a... Uh, a, a like a... I think it's like a chunk of the case missing... Or whatever, where like it's never it's never stated, but if, if you look at it and like I guess if you think about it like in a in a detailed way, at the beginning they recreate Lilu from the hand, mm-hmm. right? The hand is attached to that case, or oh, was attached right. to that case. That like that's essentially where they got it. But it, like I said, it's something that's like not really not really stated in the movie. Yeah. I w- like I said, I wouldn't have known it if it wasn't for Reddit. Um, but I think that kind of speaks to the level of detail uh-huh. that was, that was put into making this movie too. Oh which, yeah. You know, um, and there was something else we just talked about that I was going to touch on, but I totally forgot. The movie already. moves pretty fast too. I gotta say like, it's a two hour movie, but I mean, shit fucking starts happening quickly and doesn't stop happening until the end of the movie. Like it progresses. Really yeah. Quickly. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was thinking too when I was talking about like the scale of the movie earlier. Like, there's so so many different things happening on so many levels, mm-hmm. and yeah, it, it does. It moves at a, at a pretty quick pace. Oh, when we were talking about like the humor, bal- like that balance of humor and uh, whatever, like sinister uh, or serious moments, I mm-hmm. guess with within everybody. I think that's another thing that a lot of sci-fi, like I think it's essential to a sci-fi movie, but a lot of sci-fi's miss on that. Yeah, they either go like too much comedy or you know too much like funny moments, or uh, they go overboard with you know like I said like the sinister aspect of of everything. Which yeah, Fifth Element does a good job of not fucking up basically. It really like in my opinion, it really is. It's the perfect. We, and we talked about this. There's so many. There, are, there are a lot of flaws. I, I look right past them, and I think this is the perfect sci-fi movie. This is like the model for sci-fi movies. I'm just. I'm looking. Is this? Um, is this one of uh, Mila's? Like, uh, how many movies had Mila done before? Though? You know what? I'm pretty sure this is her breakout role. I don't know what she had done well, before. Well, I know she was in... I know it was her breakout role. I don't know if it was... Like, she was in Days and Confused, but that wasn't, like, a breakout role. Um, I just know that she yeah. was in there minor, but I think, yeah, I was just looking... But, uh, yeah, because I was... All the actors in this movie, like, fucking kill it. And uh, and Chris Tucker, too, I feel like it's sort of, an, again, odd choice, because he's not even in too many things. Like, you think of Rush Hour and Friday, and then past that, it's like, what's Chris Tucker in? But he, he does such a good job as Ruby, the... Like radio host or whatever in this movie, <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a the the whatever is the perfect way to describe. Yeah, him. <laughs> I guess that he would be the, but, the sort of comic relief that the movie has. Yeah, but and I think like it's uh, it's such an odd choice. Like he's the he's the comedic relief, but he's just so totally out there. I I can't I just can't imagine a different character, a different actor. I, I can't I can't imagine it whole like me getting the same amount of enjoyment right. out of the movie as a whole <laughs> if it wasn't for that character. Right, yeah, no. Yeah, I, I just feel I like he's an essential agree. character. Um 
I'm trying to think like I'm I'm sure there are flaws in this movie that have bothered me when I was watching it, but I can't think of a single thing right now. Yeah, I mean, off maybe the top of my maybe head, the dialogue, as, like I talked about, but yeah, flaws. I don't. I mean, there's. I think the movie is just sort of like odd. Like I think people, if they don't like it, it's because it, it it's just sort of like a weird movie. Like at parts, like there's just definitely it is, yeah, it's definitely it's weird elements. It's it's ludicrous. Like if you were to tell someone the story, if you were to tell somebody what's going on, oh yeah, these things show up. Three hundred years later, they're gonna come back. And then I'll, you know, like if you started telling us, what the fuck are you even talking about? It's so, it's totally out there, Uh but it works. Right. And it works really well. Yeah. If for whatever reason you haven't seen the fifth element at this point in time, pick up that, pick up that special edition Blu-ray because I'm sure it's, it's loaded with a lot of good stuff. I don't have it. But uh, yeah, I don't. Maybe I should invest. But uh, yeah, I'm sure there's tons of good. I I could definitely watch. I could watch, whatever amount of behind the scenes they have for this movie, (laughs) I could watch it all. And Luke Besson, if you're listening, you're welcome. Yes, he was shit. We got yeah, (laughs) yeah. We won't get into that now. All right. Um, So, do you want to talk a little bit about bad taste, or we can save it? And I'm fine with that because maybe a little bit long. And then, uh, do you want to do box office, or uh, what do you want to do? Let's let's save bad taste. Save it. Let's do a real quick. Let's do a real quick box office. Yes. Because bad taste, I feel like we could talk about for a while. Yeah. Let's save it. Let's do a quick box. Tune in next time for bad taste. (laughs) Another Um, Peter Jackson. Talk about the Hobbit a little bit. Yes. Um, so real quick, opening this week, Coco. Uh, did you say you watched the trailer for this? Oh, one? sorry, I, I cut out. Uh, yeah, I've seen the trailer. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go out of my way to watch this. This is one of those trailers that I've seen like everywhere, and I have no. I mean, because well, it's an animated movie, so I'm not, I'm not a kid. I don't have kids. So I've it's an animated movie. It. It's a family yeah. movie. It's it's gonna do phenomenal. Yeah. I think I already it just saw it, like it shattered the the record for uh the box office in mexico i think uh anyways real quick despite his family's generations old generations old ban on music young miguel dream dreams of becoming an accomplished musician like his idol ernesto Des- desperate to prove his talent miguel finds himself in the stunning and colorful land of the dead after meeting a charming trickster named hector the two new friends embark on an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel's family history. Now, the only thing I do want to say real quick is, uh, I don't know what the reason was, but I watched uh, The Book of Life, which was an animated movie, actually done, oh, I know I watched it because it was done by Guillermo del Toro, hmm. uh, that released two years ago. It was actually, it was a really good movie, like, even for a kid's movie, for an animated movie, if you're not into that kind of thing, it was really enjoyable. Yeah. And Coco is, you know, supposed to be on the same level. Um, next on the list, The Man Who Invented Christmas, which I think, I don't know if this movie will be good or not, but I think it's an interesting uh, idea for a story. Using real-life inspiration and a vivid imagination, author Charles Dickens brings Ebenezer Scrooge, Tiny Tim, and other classic characters to life in A Christmas Carol, forever changing the holiday season into the celebration known today. I think that one would be I think well it could be a cool story. Office. I think it looks family-friendly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, hope, I hope it's a good movie. I, like I said, I think it's cool to... A biopic on Charles Dickens. We're starting to see some weird biopics now. On on what's like, there's the one uh, Christopher Robbins movie. I forget what the the title is. Something Christopher Robbins, oh. but it's about the the guy who came up with Winnie the Pooh, Pooh, right? Yeah. Who apparently he has a really dark past. I know, and dude. That's what the movie focuses. I know. On, but, I was yeah. just reading about that shit. <laughs> yeah, <fuck. laughs> 
<laughs> uh, next on the list, Darkest Hour, a thrilling and inspiring true story, begins at the precipice of World War II as within days of becoming Prime Minister of Great Britain, Britain Winston Churchill, oh, played by Gary Oldman, yeah, nice, yeah. must face one of his most turbulent and defining trials, exploring a negotiated peace treaty with Nazi Germany or standing firm to fight for the ideals, liberty, and freedom of a nation. Um, I hope this one does. Well. I won't see I it. Hope it's good. And neither will a lot of the public. I think. So. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> um, the last one on the list, Mr. Roosevelt, a struggling LA-based comedian, goes home to Austin when a family member becomes ill and finds herself in the awkward position of staying with her ex and his amazing new girlfriend. Now, when I first mentioned this, I thought it was interesting uh, because I thought the same thing. Uh, the title, Mr. Roosevelt. Gave me the impression that this was going to be also a biopic, right. or like something very serious. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing that we were looking at before uh, we started was that uh, Noah Wells is starring, wait, starring, written, and directed. Is that yep. right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. I actually, I think, not like in theaters, but I definitely want to check this <laughs> well, out. Yeah. I uh, uh, after it, watching the releases. trailer, I thought it looked cute, and uh, I'll check it out just mainly for her because, uh, um. Did you, you watched uh, Master of None, didn't you? Yep. Yeah. Well, I, I loved her in Master of None. She was on SNL. Yeah. She was great on SNL. I think she's. I would imagine she's a really talented writer, right. Also, so yeah. So I would. I would want to check it out uh, for her, probably. Yeah. And uh, that's it. There, there was a couple other. What was the other one? Olaf. There, oh, there's a short film. Oh yeah. Olaf's Christmas something. I think Christmas it'll also be a, a big hit. Not too worried about that I one. I think it'll be a big hit with the toddlers out there, though. Huge. Yeah, 18 million. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know what? Part of the box office checkup, which time, there's been so much time between the, the last episode and this one, so I, I feel terrible uh, because I dropped the ball on this one. But um, I can tell you all of my numbers in the past episode were wrong. Uh, very wrong. I'm sure Tyler Perry was up there. You were, right? you were actually right. Without... Tyler Perry was up there. I was about nine million off. It made twenty, uh, twenty-eight or twenty-nine million uh, on its opening weekend. I think I had said thirty-eight. Yeah, but um, everything that week was very low. Yeah, uh, as a whole, disappointing. Um, but I did hear good things about Killing of a Sacred Deer. Oh, did I you? Heard it's very disturbing, hear but I heard it's very good. Cool. Yeah. I'll check that out. I don't know where these people saw it. All I know is it's a very limited release. <laughs> these hipsters. Supposedly it's good. Well, I'm going to have to go check out the lobster yeah. or lobster first. Right? Kind of. Yes. I, I haven't seen that Maybe either. like a spiritual prequel to it or whatever. Same realm of idea or something. <laughs> and, I, and I just wanted to see it anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to check that out. Yep. So. Um, That's all I have, Brian. Do you have anything else? Um, No. I don't think I have anything. Uh. Uh, no, I don't have anything. I'm good. <laughs> All right, good deal. Uh, so look here. Here's a short little story. If you're at this point in the show, you must enjoy it, or you fell asleep. <laughs> but uh, we're still working on our on the socials. Uh, Brian very politely messaged the owner of the at explosive hammer <laughs> handle. Uh requesting that he gives that to us because he hasn't been active since 2015 not to call him out or throw any shade but um yeah so we're trying to get our hands on that in the meantime you can still reach us uh at each of our uh respective twitter handles at dude it's jeremy and at kanye the giant 
and uh, yeah, and, and until we get that Twitter handle, just we're, we're working. <laughs> we'll, on it. we'll get it. Just, we'll get it. <laughs> but you can find us on iTunes. Um, yeah, you can. We may expand to some other podcast services. Uh, if you have any suggestions, please let us know. And, of course, the biggest thing you can do to help us is give us that five-star rating on iTunes. Write a little blur about how much you love us. And uh, that's all I have. Next week, we're going to talk about bad taste. Uh, so I know we, we, we were mentioning it in this show, and we talked about that we're going to talk about it. But uh, Bad Taste, 1987 release by uh, Peter Jackson. So yeah, so there's a little, if you want, little teaser trailer. You should watch that. Yeah, you should watch that between now and the next episode. Yeah, then it can so be like you can, interactive. Uh, yeah, it can be like one of us. Yes, absolutely. Maybe like, oh, um, I know anyways, what to talk about. That. So, all right. <laughs> yeah. It's that movie that I watched because someone <laughs> told me to on the internet. And good luck finding it. Anyways, Brian. Oh, yeah. I can't believe you own it. Yeah. We'll talk about it yeah, next Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. Or next, next show. <laughs> uh, Brian, I had a blast. I hope that you had a blast. And that's all we have. We'll see you in the next one. Thanks for listening. See you.